This is the Empowered Spirituality Podcast, the podcast about inclusive spirituality. Empowered Spirituality is all about connecting and aligning to your own higher self. All religions, spiritual practices and beliefs, sexual orientations, gender identities and expressions are welcomed and celebrated here. I am your host, Samantha Nagel, owner of and coach at Empowered Spirituality, LLC. Every Wednesday, I will share a guided meditation practice, and every Thursday, I will share inspirational teachings or interviews with people with different spiritual practices, beliefs, and opinions. Come every week with an open mind, taking what you like and leaving the rest. Welcome to Empowered Spirituality. As I began the journey of shifting my career to a job that aligned with my values and beliefs, having an education in health coaching has been transformational. Through the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, you can become a certified health coach to empower your relationship with food, health, and wellness, live your dreams, earn while you learn, and embark on a new path. Join the global community of like-minded change agents who are here to empower, inspire, and motivate you to create the life you've always dreamed of by clicking the link in the show notes. And by doing so, you'll receive $2,000 off tuition when you pay in full or $1,500 off tuition if you choose the payment plan option. Or you can mention my name, Samantha Nagel, spelled N-A-G-E-L. Discover how to take a holistic and nourishing approach to health and wellness today. Hello and welcome to Empowered Spirituality. My name is Samantha Nagel and today I am so excited to be sharing with you a beautiful interview that I did with my first ever guest and one of my most dearest friends, Vanya Park. Vanya is a special educator that focuses on providing high quality enriching learning experiences for students with varying capabilities. She strives to provide her students with useful skills and to empower them to reach their maximum potential. She currently works for Las Lunas Schools, serving K through fifth grade students with mild to moderate disabilities. She lives in Albuquerque, New Mexico with her wonderful boyfriend, Thomas, and their adorable fur baby, Obi Wolf Kenobi. During this episode, we talked about her career as a special educator. We talked about boundaries. We talked about self-care. We talked about everything. Vanya is so wise and so sovereign and just so beautiful and so kind. I really think you're going to love this episode as much as I loved talking to her. (sighs) All right, let's get into it. Thank you so much for joining. Right. Hi, Vanya. I'm so honored to have you on the show. You are the first guest, which is so exciting. I've known you for a long time and I'm always blown away by your wisdom and your maturity, which I just feels like grows exponentially. So welcome. 
Thank you so much. Oh, I can't stop smiling. I just, I'm so blessed to be here and to be a part of this experience and to witness your own growth. So congratulations on making this a business, Sam. I'm so proud of you. Oh, thank you. I'm so proud of everything you've done and I hope to get into that today. Um, so to start, why don't you just tell us about who you are, your passions, what makes you you? Ooh, okay, well, for those of you listening um, and who don't know me, my name is Vanya Park. I am 22 years old. Um, I am a special educator working for a local school district, which I'll talk about a little bit more later, but um, I love to work with students who have varying capabilities. Um, but outside from that, I am a very active person. I love to go on hikes, camping. Um, I also love to spend time with my boyfriend and our little fur baby, Obi, which Sam's dog is in love with and my dog <laughs> is in love with her dog so we need to set up more doggy play dates by the way um yes I also really love to cook and I love to read and play guitar oh that's beautiful I really love that you told us such a comprehensive summary of who you are not just what you do yes I think that's important another point that I wanted to share a little bit later um, but I guess I'll just share it now is that, Go ahead. you know, I don't think work necessarily needs to define you. There are different parts of a human other than work. So it's good to find that balance between your work life and, you know, your personal life. You don't have mm. to intertwine the two. Mm, that's so beautiful. Thank you. And I think just being your friend, I really watched you struggle and, and find that perfect balance. So I'm so excited to hear more about that. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for your endless support. (laughs) Um, All right. So you said you're a special educator. You work with K through five and you work with people with mild to moderate disabilities. So can you just tell us what that looks like? Yeah, so I work with students who primarily have learning disabilities, either in writing, reading, math. I also work with kids who have dyslexia or may have um, a speech and language deficit. And so what I do is I make sure that they are reaching their academic milestones. Um, by providing them with uh, one-on-one instruction, targeted instruction, and really just meeting the student where they're at, recognizing their strengths and kind of uplifting them from there so that they can reach those academic milestones and their social and emotional ones. Uh, But my focus is more academic related. I love that. It sounds like you really focus on the child as a whole person. Yes. Absolutely. We really want to recognize them as a unique individual and recognize them not only as that, but an individual learner and see what kind of supports would best suit them instead of giving them something that's generalized. Mm, That's beautiful. And I think more models definitely need to adapt that holistic point of view that you're talking about. I agree. I'm hoping that we can push towards that. (laughs) Yes. So I know that you've worked most of this year from home. Can you tell us more about what that was like? Girl, it was so hard at first. I know you and I talked about it, but I mean, what I loved about going to work and then coming home was 
actually coming home. You know, I could separate mm. the two. Like when I was at work, I was just focused on work. And then when I came home, I could relax. I could just kind of wind down at the end of the day. Um, so mm. it was really hard for me to create a space in my home that was just designated towards work because then I'd get really mm. distracted and allow myself to have these breaks when I wouldn't do that at work. Mm. I've been raiding my pantry just so you know and I wouldn't do that if I was at work you know because right. I don't have a pantry at work also I'm using the restroom like whenever I want and I know that as a teacher we have this joke like we have bladders that are strong like steel strong because we're always having to hold it in and I'm a little worried about going back to work for that reason but you know just kind of doing everything at my own pace when my job doesn't really entail me to do that mm. um but like I said, I did have to create a space in my home that was just designated to work. And mm -hmm. I really couldn't leave that bubble until I had my structured break, until I was done with the work day. Um, I didn't put it in my room. I didn't put it mm -hmm. in a space where I enjoy my leisure activity. It's totally separate from the rest of the house, just so I can create that atmosphere for myself. Uh, but it was hard. <laughs> yes. I love that you have a different space and I think you're really allowing that space to have its own work energy and then your leisure space and your resting space to have its own restful energy. Yes, yes. It's very important to do that. Yes. Otherwise, I have a very hard time kind of separating the two lifestyles. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes, yes. And I know that being a teacher, you do have to take your work home with you, even if you are working in person. How would you create those boundaries pre-pandemic and now during a pandemic when you're at home? I, it is hard. Um, I like to yeah. think of my job as a full year job that gets condensed into eight months. Um, I'm very grateful mm. that I do get four months off and it's paid. Um, and so, when I think about spending an extra, you know, three or four hours on the weekend doing work, I know that's kind of compensating for the breaks that I'm getting. Mm. And so just kind of shifting my mindset to that um, made things a lot more positive that I wasn't really dreading working on the weekends nearly as much. Um, I'm still trying to figure out a better balance between the two. But one thing that I do try to do is so I'm not a procrastinator. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't like things to pile up. So I'll really plan out how my week is going to look like. Um, I'll look at certain tasks that are due in the upcoming week and I'll either chunk them into different um, tasks. So I, I designate each task for each day um, or I just designate certain tasks for certain days. That way I'm kind of spreading out my energy instead of using it in all up on one. So, I mean, I'm spending maybe about 30 minutes extra each day outside of my contract hours doing that stuff. But um, it's, it's, it's something that has really worked for me and it doesn't make me feel drained at the end of the day. Um, and I do want the listeners to know that just because it works for me, may mean that it won't work for you. And you really just have to figure out something that's going to not burn you out at the end of the day. Mm, yeah. Um, speaking of burnout, I think a lot of people who were kind of as a servant to others, which I think you definitely are, um, do end up feeling burnout. And we've talked about that before. Um, do you think that you've experienced burnout? And if so, how did you, you know, 
burned back in. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, it's hard. Let me just say, I think it's way easier said than done. But I think with the teaching profession, it's hard. I think there's this, um, it's not a solidified expectation, just a feeling of needing to kind of help advance society. And I think that's definitely something our generation struggles with, like mm. feeling like we need to have a purpose in life. And if we don't fulfill that purpose and we get down on ourselves for it and we don't feel productive or we don't feel powerful or empowered in any way. Um, and so I really just had to have an honest conversation with myself and say, do I want work to define me? Do I want my entire life to be about work? The answer was obviously no. And right. so from there, I really needed to find ways to create appropriate boundaries for myself. I love what I do. And I think it'll be a big part of who I am, but it's not going to be all that I am. When I come home, I need to find things to cope with other than work. You know, I have yes. other hobbies that I just love so much that I want to carve out time for at the end of my day. And just wanting that and craving that at the end of the day, I think really helped me create the boundaries that I was so yes. looking for. Yeah. Yes, I think that's something very common with boundaries. Um, with work, with anything, with people, relationships, we think that when we set boundaries, we're pushing people away or that we're saying we don't love what we do. But in fact, your boundaries have helped you love what you do even more. And I think that's really beautiful that you've realized that at such a young age, too. Thank you. And I can see you doing that as well. Um, I know that boundaries is hard, uh, I, especially with our generation. I feel like just the expectations and just the, the, the how do I say this? It's just the need to keep doing more and more and more. You know, I feel like we all feel like we have to overproduce sometimes. Oh, absolutely. Sometimes we don't really know when to tell ourselves to stop until our bodies are just, it, our bodies, our brains are so burned out. That's the only way we'll recognize that we need to stop. Mm, that is so true. We do live in a system of capitalism and go, 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 produce, produce, produce. And our society does tell us that what we make or what we work on is our worth. Yes. And I'm really hearing you say that you know that your worth is always in you no matter what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Um, I think that's one thing I also struggled with too. I yeah. felt like my successes at work really defined who I was and mm. that it made me feel like a better person. But um, I felt like that wasn't healthy. Mm. that I shouldn't be looking at my work to provide me with happiness, to provide mm. me with success, to provide me with opportunities to reach people. There are so yes. many different ways that I can do that that doesn't have to incorporate my work. Yes, success isn't just external and it's not just what we can prove to other people. Yes, yes. oh, that is a whole nother conversation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Um, okay, so you mentioned the end of the day, you really look forward to that rest and that self-care. Um, so I'm wondering what, what does self-care even mean to you? Because we hear that, that term so often, 
but we don't always know exactly what it means. Um, I think self-care just means recognizing that you are worthy and that you deserve um, time to yourself to really make you feel like you're at your best. Um, one of my old, my favorite sayings is that you can't drink from an empty cup. And I think at some point, it is our responsibility to fill our cups. And so mm. that's how I like to um, kind of depict or visualize what self-care looks like, refilling that cup up so that you're feeling good and re-energized again. Um, self-care is going to look different for a lot of people, um, but I think at the end of the day, it's supposed to provide you with relief. It's supposed to make mm. you feel empowered. It's supposed to make you feel calm inside. Oh, I love that. And self-care isn't about doing, 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 or producing, producing, producing. It's about taking that rest. Mm-hmm. Mm, beautiful. Thank you. Um, so we kind of tapped into this a little bit, but I'm curious about how you do prioritize your own mental health. Ooh, you know, I work in a job where I mean, I am responsible for the growth and the development of my babies and mm. they are my babies. I know I'm 22, but <laughs> every kid that I teach is my baby because I just cherish them. Um, mm. And so as a young person who feels like they have such a great responsibility, um, I think it can be very difficult to recognize that like there is a part of you that needs to feel good in order to make that happen, to make the kids um, grow and develop. And so mm. I kind of see it as um, I can't be the best version of myself for others and for myself if I'm not taking care of myself mm. and doing everything that is necessary to um, put myself in a calm state of mind, to feel like I am blessed to live in this world, to find mm. gratitude in my day-to-day -day life. That is one yes. self-care thing. I know we're not into it, but just the idea of gratitude is one thing that, you know, you and I have really practiced this yeah. year, specifically during this pandemic. And I know it's helped you and I just um, kind of view life very differently. Yes. Um, sorry, I'm yes. kind of digressing into a different conversation. <laughs> um, but no. yeah, I think just, you, you, it goes back to the whole, you can't drink from an empty cup. The more you overwork yourself, the less liquid you have in your cup. Absolutely. I know you're not digressing to a new topic. Oh, yeah. That's all in the same umbrella. Yes, <laughs> yes. But you don't want to be parched at the end of the day. Hmm, that is so true. You can't take water from a desert. Exactly, exactly. Mm. But you can fill yourself up. Mm, I love that. And at the end of the day, it is really you that has to fill yourself up. Yes. Um, I think that was one thing that was really hard for me to learn as an adult. Mm, what do you uh, mean? Just having accountability. Mm. Um, I've gone through a lot of um, strenuous, traumatizing life situations. Um, and while I can't blame myself for everything that had mm. happened to me, I do need to take accountability and responsibility for the way that I heal, for the way that mm. I take care of myself. I can't just keep blaming my job or the people around me for, you know, reacting a certain way. Mm. I need to take care of myself in order to feel like the best version of myself. 
Mm, that's beautiful. And whether that choice is hanging out with people who empower me, um, going to see a therapist. I mean, those are steps that I am taking. I know it's not completely independent, but the idea and the the willpower to seek help itself mm. is a responsibility. Yes. Yes. And what an act of self-love and self-mothering, really, that you're saying, this is what I need. I recognize what I need and I'm going to seek it out. Absolutely. Mm, I like what, how you said that because it not only, it wasn't just the recognition, it was, you know, may, making the proactive choice to help yourself after. Mm. Yeah, I know that acknowledging it is kind of the first step, yes. but the second most important step is doing something about it. The hardest step, if yeah. anything. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so you mentioned that you hang out with people that make you feel empowered that self-care makes you feel empowered. Um, this podcast is all about empowerment. So I'm curious what the word or the feeling of empowerment means to you. Ooh, empowerment, empowered spirituality or just empowerment in general? Just in general. Ooh, empowerment to me is understanding that every single individual has their unique strengths and that mm. um, when we come together, we can release positive and encouraging energy to one another to make us feel like the best versions of ourselves. Mm, I love that. That's really saying that it comes from within, but it also comes from love and community too. Yes, yes. I agree. Yes. Um, I am curious. You've mentioned to me personally that, you know, your job isn't easy. You deal with things that are emotional or hard to see. Um, but then you have to go home or, you know, if you're already at home, you have to stay at home. But you have to leave that work at work. How do you do that? How do you kind of turn that part of your brain off? It's something I'm still struggling with. I'm going to be honest yes. with you. Um, yes. My motto this year was to not beat myself up over things I don't have control over. Mm. Um, I don't have control what happens in the lives of my students outside of the school buildings, mm. but I do have control of how I'm reaching them in the classroom. Um, yes. I think my faith just really helps me feel grounded. Um, and you know, as a Christian, um, I, I believe in prayer and a good God and by praying for my students, um, that's how I feel like I can reach them outside of the school buildings. If it were up to me, I would adopt all of them. I would take all of them home. Yes. Um, but unfortunately that is not a reality, you know? No. Yeah. But just to not beat myself up over things that I don't have control over. I think yeah. is one that's really important. And another thing is that, you know, as a teacher, we wear so many hats, you know, you're a counselor, you're a nurse, you're, you know, everything that, you know, yeah. you imagine for a kid. Um, mm -hmm. But I think it's really important to just stick to what your job description says. Mm. When I first yeah. the profession, I felt like I had to be everyone's superhero. And then yes. I realized that I was trying to do the work of a social worker. 
or a counselor. And that's not what my job as a teacher entailed. Yes. And so, you know, I've had to have honest conversations with my administration, my coworkers, some of my mm. well, that this is not something that even our job descriptions have control over. And that the most we can do is, you know, refer them to the appropriate supports. So really setting those boundaries for yourself. Yes. Ooh, I'm curious if you could tell our listeners Maybe they're in similar situations or they do need to set those boundaries at work. Um, how did you go about doing that in a respectful way? If you don't mind sharing. Yeah, um, I mean, I just actually recently had um, an incident where it started off by saying, I don't feel comfortable doing mm -hmm. what you're asking me to do because, and you know, it really was a mix of like how I felt as a person, but also from a professional standpoint that it mm. was crossing my professional boundaries, that my job didn't actually say that I could do this or that I could overstep those boundaries. And mm. so kind of having a mix of that really helped. Um, I'm going to be honest, I did write that script before I had this conversation mm. with my authority, um, the person who was in charge of me. Um, yeah. just because then I could really um, kind of plan out how I was going to say obviously I can't plan out how she's she was going to react to it but mm -hmm. um, I could at least take control of how I was going to um, convey my thoughts and my emotions to her yes and that's a beautiful thing about zoom if you do have to have that conversation virtually you can have a script up and they don't know that's what I did yeah. when I quit my last job <laughs> I love that. It really minimizes the stress. It makes you feel more prepared for the conversation. Yes. Oh, I love that you're setting boundaries. You're taking care of yourself. Um, I love it. Um, if someone was going to have this difficult conversation about boundaries for the first time, what is a little tip of advice you might give them? I would definitely start with sentence starters, sentence frames. I know you and I have talked about this, but mm. um, when you start with like an I feel sentence frame, I would like in the future sentence frame, it mm. provides you with the foundations of having a, a strong and a structured conversation while, uh, you know, it gives you the opportunity to tell others what you're thinking and feeling. And mm. it also provides them with the opportunity to listen to you um, mm. and vice versa. Yes, what a wonderful thing to say. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and before we press record, I know that you were talking about um, kind of the transition from working from home to working in person um, and kind of your mindset about that. Would you mind sharing a little bit more about that? Yes, of course. Oh, I was so motivated at the beginning of the year. I was like, mm. you know what? even though we're working from home, I'm still going to go teach in my classroom because that is my space to be a teacher. Mm. And you know, I did my hair every day. I did my makeup. I wore my professional clothes. <laughs> and then I think in October, there was a winter storm and I had to stay at home. And I was mm. like, oh, that's kind of nice. And then I stopped doing my hair, but I still did my makeup. And then I stopped doing my hair and my makeup. <laughs> but I'm still wearing a nice top. 
And then I kind of digressed into, you know, wearing athleisure and doing the bare minimum. <laughs> yes. And so I really had to look at myself one day and be like, oh my goodness, this isn't okay because I was asked to come back on campus mm. and I felt like I was dolling up and I was, you know, preparing myself to go back to campus. Mm. So it was very, very difficult. Yes. Um, like I said, really creating a space in my home where it's just designated to work really helped me. Um, also creating a timely boundary helped me. You know, my contract hours are from, you know, certain hour to certain hour. So I'm either going to work 30 minutes before or 30 minutes after. And mm. that is it. If I don't get it done, then mm. I don't get it done, which is why I have a planner because then the most important stuff gets done first. Mm. You know? Yes. Yeah. I love that. And so now that you are being asked to go back into campus and wearing real pants. I, <laughs> I was, pants I'm not real. ready. I'm not ready to wear pants or heels. <laughs> I got to practice. <laughs> Do you have any advice for people who are transitioning from home to in-person again? This is what I told myself. Mm -hmm. I can't control the choice. It's been set and there are two options. Mm -hmm. I can either make the choice to be miserable and sulk about the decision, or mm -hmm. I can put on my big girl pants and just move on with it. I can control how I react. Mm -hmm. So I made the choice to put on my big girl pants, even if they don't fit me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, and understand that this is a choice I can't control, but I can really make the best of it in the classroom by setting boundaries for myself. I'm only going to do as much as I can as a human being. Mm. I'm very stressed. I know a lot of people are stressed because Going back to this in person would mean that we're pretty much having to teach a group of kids online and in person. And mm. that's really a job for two teachers to do. And so just telling myself that I'm only going to do as much as I can do has really helped. Um, and I think the moment that I start to feel burned out, the moment I'm starting to work outside of the limit that I've set means that I'm doing too much. Mm. Listening to your body. Yes, absolutely. If I set 30 minutes aside every day to do my job and I'm doing two hours, then I know mm. I'm doing too much. Oh, I love sure, I might have to reconstruct the hourly time frame. I might have to spend 45 instead of 30 every day. Um, but that's something that I'm willing to do. And I know mm. it's not going to overburden me. Two hours, of course not. I'm not going to do it, you know. I, I'm not going to be the teacher that, you know, kind of makes me hate the job because I'm spending too much time trying to force myself to like the job, if that makes any sense. Yes. And I think that's something that society and people expect from everyone, but especially women too, to give themselves and martyr themselves and yes. exist for other people. And you're saying, Nope, I still have myself, my time, and my boundaries. And I love what I do, and I'm helping people at the same time. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. You got to remember at the end of the day that you have a life. And if you want your work to be, your life to be about work, that is a choice you're making. So go for mm -hmm. it. But if you don't, then set those boundaries. <laughs> I love it. 
Um, that makes me think of the serenity prayer. Give me the serenity to accept the things I can't control, but yeah. the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. And you are, you absolutely oh, have the wisdom. I love that. Can you please send that to me? <laughs> I will. I will send that Thank to you. Thank you. <laughs> um, there is one thing that I have um, come to the realization, and it was hard for me when I mm -hmm. was trying to heal from a lot of, you know, my broken memories, was that, mm -hmm. you know, misery was a choice that I was making you know, because I had control over the situation and I was choosing to be miserable. Mm. And so I really had to sit myself down and say, I don't want to feel angry anymore. I don't want to be sad anymore. I don't mm. want to be drained anymore. I don't want to live my life in fear. Um, yes. It was harder said than done, but I really wanted to live a life full of no regrets either. Mm. And so setting those boundaries really, really helped me shift my mind and you know I think it's something that I didn't even realize I had control over a lot of things yes yeah and that's so empowering to have those boundaries with yourself yes, yes. <laughs> oh beautiful I think for myself included this last year I really learned that we create our own reality and we do create our days and how we feel we're not just at the whim of what's happening to us that's a really good way to look at it thank you for affirming our your listeners of that mm, you know I feel like you. a lot of people just the uncertainty of the pandemic because what's stressed out a lot of people but you're kind of reverting it back to even though the pandemic is unpredictable it's not necessarily something we have control over we as individuals have control over how we want to make the most of the situation. Mm, that's beautiful. Rachel Hollis has a quote where she said, yes, this pandemic is uncertain and things are unclear, but things were always uncertain. Now we just know what we're uncertain about. <laughs> oh, food for thought. I didn't even think about that. Huh. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so you did mention, oh, actually, before I go there, um, I'm curious what you want people to know about children with disabilities as someone who works so closely with them. Oh, yes. I'm very excited to talk about this. Yeah. Um, my babies are just as human as every other human. Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of people think that because they have a disability, we need to kind of dumb things down for them or we need to make life easier for them but I'm here to tell you that my mm. students are just as capable of succeeding and becoming the best versions of themselves as any other mm. human being, that a disability is not going to hinder them from succeeding. Um, we just have to understand that no human being is a one, it, it, we don't have a one size fits all. And so our children are with disabilities is really helping our society understand that we need individual support, that mm -hmm. not every human thinks alike, not every person learns the same way, but by giving humans and people what they need most to help mm -hmm. them grow and succeed, that's what we need to focus on. And so my babies are just, they're wonderful. They're capable of doing so much. Thank you, Vanya. Thank you so much for telling our listeners that. And what 
what an empowering thing for you to believe and for you to know about them. Absolutely. Thank you for your kind words. <laughs> um, and that's another question I want to ask. You talked about empowering your students. Yeah. I'm curious what that looks like. Ooh, so, you know, as a teacher, I think a lot of us struggle with making sure that they're getting the most knowledge or the most information or the skills that are needed. And it's mm. our responsibility as teachers to do that. Um, but one thing that I'm really trying to do, still struggling with, but trying my best to do, is finding a balance between teacher-led instruction and student-led instruction. Mm. I think it's important for students to recognize that they have a voice, that they have skills and knowledge that can benefit other learners. I always tell my kids, I learn more from you than I do any other human being in this mm. room. We, we can learn a lot from children. That's all I'm saying. Whether it's yes. about Fortnite or Minecraft or just TikTok dances or just life lessons <laughs> in general, like we can learn so much from them. Um, mm. And so just the idea of student-led instruction is something that I love to use to empower my students, to make them feel like they are valued, that they're heard, that they're 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 just important human beings thank you and you're so right children are born wise and sovereign and magical really and then yes. i think they learn to outgrow that but you're learning you're telling them hey you are magical you are wise i want you to keep that wisdom absolutely yeah so they it's are magical that's a good way of putting it. They are magical. They have the ability to touch so many lives. And I want them to know that they can do that in the classroom. Mm, that is beautiful. If someone was interested in adapting this model of student-led instruction, do you have any tools or tips for how they would start doing that? Um, as with anything, I'd always start off slow. I think it's really hard, especially with the younger ones, just to give them a little bit more independence, to give them a little bit more control over the situation. But whether it's five minutes or 10 minutes, go ahead and do that. One thing that I love to do with my kindergartners was um, a show and tell of their best work, you know, and they got to put it up on a bulletin board or they got to show it up in front of the class. You know, I think a lot of kids, especially as they get older, um, creativity does kind of die down a little bit. Mm. Um, sometimes we don't give them those opportunities to share their work with others. Um, but I mean, literally, it took five to 10 minutes and it just mm. made them feel so, so good. You know, um, even this past year, I'm young, but I'm not a tech wizard <laughs> at all. And so just letting the kids teach the other kids about some of the Zoom mm. teachers, oh my goodness, it made them feel so good about themselves that they were a valued member of our classroom. Mm, that's beautiful. I know that you've also shared a lot of funny stories with me about things that your kids do. Um, and you even told me before that you are finding this mix of being so serious and wanting to get things done, but then also letting them have silliness. Can you tell yeah. us a bit about that too? Oh, yes. So I think one thing we have to remember that children are curious. This year, they're learning a lot. I know we're not reaching all of the standards we want them to academically, 
socially, probably not either. But man, seeing what the kids can do using technology has been so wonderful. (laughs) My students who didn't even know how to open up a Word document now know how to type paragraphs on Word. My students now know how to make animated GIFs and movie clips. And so this has been a really great platform for them to just showcase their skill set through a, a very different platform, but one that is just as maybe, if not more effective. Um, I remember this one time, my third and my fourth, no, my second, third, and fourth graders just got the virtual background. They need <laughs> iPads to do this. And so, you know, I thought of, okay, they're going to be a huge distraction because I remembered with my fifth graders, they were. And so, you know, every kid's going to want to change their. So I was like, I got to <laughs> set the rules and the expectations. No changing your backgrounds. You stick with one. And so, you know, I would have kids pick one and they come to class, but then I'd start seeing them move. And I was like, what did Ms. Park tell you? What were our expectations? But then I forgot that kids are curious. And I, as an adult, wanted to try the virtual backgrounds. When I was trying those filters, I clicked on every single filter because I am also curious. And so why am I going to have those expectations for my kids when I, as an adult, can't do it? And we learn best through curiosity and through exploration. Mm. So, you know, I allowed my kids five minutes to just crazily go around and turn on their virtual backgrounds, change it as much as they can, turn on those filters, and man, it stopped afterwards. The kids, <laughs> they were over it after five minutes. So, you know, now it's they've only been sticking with one background. But what was so valuable about that experience was I got to learn more about what my kids mm. love. I got to see their families in the background. I got to see their hobbies and their interests. Some of my kids, they are interested in photography. So some um, seeing their artwork in the background was just so beautiful as well. So we all got Ooh. to learn a little bit more about ourselves in a very informal fashion, um, but right. a very valuable one. Hmm. I love that. That's such a great example of taking a step back and saying, am I taking this too seriously? And how can I have more fun right now? Exactly. You know, hmm. I still hear it every time it snows. Miss Park, did you know it snowed? Is it snowing at your house? So, you know, we'll spend five minutes at the beginning of class. Everyone shows everyone what their backgrounds look like or their backyard. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. Oh, I love that. And kind of on done. the, oh, go ahead. Oh, no. And then we're done talking about the snow for the rest of the day. <laughs> yes, you could fight it for all day or you could just let them have a couple minutes. Exactly. <laughs> kind of on that note, What do you think we can learn from children? Oh, we can learn so much. So, Mm. so much. I think we can learn to be a lot more humane. Um, I don't know where it happens in development specifically, but, Mm. you know, we learn from, or we start off with everyone's my friend and I'm just enjoying life to Uh uh-oh, I need to learn to be an adult now. Mm. And I'm having all these feelings that don't make sense to me and I'm confused about life and I don't really know how to navigate myself. And, you know, it can kind of, those thoughts can kind of hinder you from really wanting to live the best life possible and to experience new things. And so I think one thing that we can learn from children is to just be youthful to Hmm. really 
take those opportunities and to be more spontaneous, to not live in fear, um, to revert back to more humane ideals or philosophies of, you know, just treating everyone with kindness, um, to not treat someone differently because of the way they look or the way that they speak or the way that they are, you know, and just mm. sparking curiosity and mm. just being more imaginative and being okay with that. I think it's hard for us as adults to be like, okay, when can I, you know, use my perception versus my reality, you know? And I right. think it's okay because being, ex you know, imaginative and exploring, that is reality. Mm, yes, I love that. Thank you so much. And on a similar note, what would you tell your younger self, either entering into this profession or just in general with all the knowledge that you have? Ooh, I know we talked about it earlier. <sighs> Just not feeling like my life has to be fulfilled through mm. my work, you mm. know? Um, just this idea of having purpose in life. I think mm. I would want to tell my younger self um, a very different meaning of what it means to have purpose and that mm. it can look very different. It doesn't have to be um, carried out through just one platform or through one job. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. And similarly, what would you like to learn from your future self? Ooh. You know, I've been doing this thing where I'm trying not to, uh, I'm trying to live more in the present. So mm. I haven't thought too much about my future self other than, you know, I want to get married. I want to, you know, have kids and I want to live in, you know, a gorgeous suburban neighborhood <laughs> and then have my goats when I retire, <laughs> on a farm, you know? <laughs> oh, I love so, that. I, you know, to be honest, I don't know because I haven't thought of my mm. future self just yet. I love that answer. And I think that is an answer because your future self will look back on this time and remember a Vanya that was so present in every moment. Oh, I love that. Thank you. I love that too. <laughs> <laughs> You're so wise, Sam. This is why I love talking to you. <laughs> you are so wise too. Thank you. You know, and I think that goes back to just like life in general being uncertain. Mm, so yes. why are we trying to create certainty when mm. there's a lot of uncertainty? Mm, yes. I can really Beautiful. only control how today goes. And, mm -hmm. you know, there are some things where I can control, you know, um, maybe how the rest of my life will go, like my mental health. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, but I don't necessarily see that as like how I'm going to look in 20 years, you know? I just see myself, yes. this is how I'm bettering myself now so that I can have that calmness and that assurance once I'm older. Mm -hmm. But there's no like predictive timeline, if that makes any sense. That makes total sense. And I think that is beautiful. Thank You're so you. beautiful, by the way. I love you so much. <laughs> All right, before we wrap up, you mentioned your Christianity, that you pray for your kids. Yeah. How does your spirituality play into your day-to-day -day life? Um, I, I feel a lot of calmness and relief when I think about all the blessings that I have, the ones that specifically God mm. has given me. Um, I think a lot of 
and my my old self would have kind of blamed God for a lot of the bad things that had happened to mm. me or for not having certain things right now. But I've really turned that around and have become a lot more grateful. Um, mm. I was listening to this one sermon and um, he brought out a really good point where when we pray to God, we mm. often ask him for things, but we never thank him for things. And so that put a lot of perspective into my life of every time I pray, I'm always asking him to heal this person or to bless that person, mm. never saying thank you for what I have in my life, all thanks to you. And so just kind mm. of reverting back to that has really helped me feel more grounded in life, really changed my perception of the world um, in a way that makes me so much more grateful for things. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That's really focusing on abundance rather than scarcity. Absolutely. Mm. And, you know, we, I, I do believe I have an abundant life. All things to God. Mm. Oh, I love that. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, and so how, what was that process of coming into your own spirituality and your own beliefs in God and the world? Um, so I did grow up in a Christian household. Mm, okay. Um, so I think it was my junior, my senior year, going to church just felt more like an obligation. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't something that I felt like I wanted to do. And so when I got to college, I, you know, so during junior or and senior year of high school, I tried different churches and I still wasn't getting that spark. Um, yeah. And so I did take a little bit of a break when I went to college and I kind of found my way back to God when I felt like I hit rock bottom. Mm. you know confiding in God during that time really made me more hopeful that things were going to be okay um mm. during the time when I did take a break from going to church I still believed in a God I still believed mm -hmm. in Jesus but it was more of resenting him for things that had happened to me mm. and when things really did start to get better that was when I really saw that he was present this whole time and that God was mm. never against me. Mm. Um, yeah. But I don't think it should ever be forced. It's a very personal relationship that you should have. That's part of spirituality. I think mm -hmm. um, it's something that can be shared with other people and other people can certainly help you strengthen your own spirituality. But in the end of the day, it really comes to um, what you're doing to, you know, help yourself. And kind of increase your awareness. Mm. That is such a good point. And you mentioned kind of shopping around at different churches and seeing what works for you, what resonates with you, and what doesn't. Yes. Mm. If one church doesn't really fit with me or aligns with what I believe, mm -hmm. then yeah, I'm going to try another church. And that's okay. Because I know that going to church makes me feel like I'm a part of a spiritual community where we can mm. come together and be grateful for God and for just life in general. But I know that it doesn't, my physical presence in church doesn't necessarily make me a better human being. Mm, beautiful. It's what you get out of being there, not the act of being there itself. Yes, absolutely. Mm. And if someone were to want to go down that path of finding a church or connecting to their own spirituality, what would you recommend to them? Um, I think just even the whole idea of spirituality is that mm -hmm. we kind of execute it very differently. And if there is a church, again, that doesn't really execute your, um, 
the way that you practice spirituality, then um, being dismissive towards the entire religion, the entire mm. practice, um, don't do that just yet. Just um, keep seeking other things. I don't want it to be a label of, oh, you're a Christian, so go to a church, you know? Mm. It's more of my values align with this. My values align with that. And so kind of, um, I guess even wording it differently and kind of changing your mm. perspective on, you know, the label versus the practice itself. Mm. Yes, that's Would beautiful. Be to do. Yeah. And is there anything that you'd like to tell people or correct any misconceptions that you've heard about Christianity? There is a lot of hate in the media, um, mm. specifically from a lot of people who practice this religion. Um, media mm. for one thing uh, we know that the loudest voices are the ones that are always heard um, mm. in anything whether it's good or bad and so um, it's really important to understand that um, their morals and values don't encompass Christianity as a whole mm. yes we hate that we see towards um, certain groups of people that is not because of Christianity that is because mm. of them as human beings I, as a Christian, believe very different. Mm, thank you. Thank you so much for setting that kind of myth straight. Um, I know that I grew up in a very conservative Christian town where people were very hateful and judgmental. And I unfortunately had that stigma or bias against Christianity. And then having the blessing to meet people like you and other people in my life really showed me that the basis of Christianity is love, not hate. And I love that that's something that you are able to spread. And I'm really sorry that you had that belief and that you felt mm. that way. Yeah. You know? And I apologize to any of our listeners or to anyone in this world that, you know, had that message be relied to mm. them. Um, and I want to let you know that I love you all very much. If you're a person, who God mm. created with his own two hands, then I'm going to love you either way. Mm. Thank you, Vanya. That's beautiful. And the last question, what does empowered spirituality mean to you? Ooh. I think it's having that awareness of, of yourself, what makes you feel good and calm, Mm. and using that to reach other people I see it as like a two-level yeah. step you know where mm. it starts with you as a person having that awareness and then the next step is sharing it with others mm. I love that it's the kind of typical CPR thing yes put the mask on you have to love yourself you have to fill up your own cup before you can start watering other people or spreading that love absolutely Awesome. That's a good message. Well, thank you so much, Vanya. Is there anything else that you want to impart on our listeners? Um, other than the fact that I love you all very much and I'm very grateful for Sam specifically. Um, I just want to let people know 
um, that she is a phenomenal human being. And I am so blessed to be here to have you as a friend. Um, I always joke that Sam is my soul sister because she (laughs) is. I feel like spiritually we're very connected. Um, And I just, I want to thank you on behalf of all of your listeners for um, providing a platform for people to feel empowered. I think Mm -hmm. in um, a time where we're very stressed, uh, there's a lot of hate going around like we need that more than anything they you were all my dear <laughs> oh I could say the same about you, you. and You're I so will <laughs> all right my love you. thank you so much for coming on of right. course anytime thank you for having me thank you Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I sincerely hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you'd like to view more of my work, blog posts, or to work with me personally, please visit empoweredspirituality.online. That website link is also in the show notes. Follow me on Instagram at empowered.spirituality for more. If you'd like to join the weekly meditation circle every Sunday, that link is in the bio as well. And if you'd like even more content, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash empowered spirituality. Thank you and have a blessed day. challenging to find a community of supportive people to share in our spiritual journeys with. We all need support and love no matter where we are on our personal journeys. So I am excited to announce that I have created the space for just that. In the Empowered Spirituality community, you will receive a weekly video lesson, weekly journaling prompts, access to an additional guided meditation every week, monthly group meetings and teachings via Zoom, and access to a loving and supportive online community. Additionally, all members will receive 20% off of all of their coaching sessions. You can follow the link in the show notes for this community offer or visit patreon.com slash empoweredspirituality.